All right, lads, welcome back to me podcast, Cheaper Than Therapy. Mick Thomas here again. Thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Cheers for the support and uh, and all the love and the emails and the questions and everything. So I really, really do appreciate you. That rhymes, right? It's the holiday season. So here we are, December, right? We're chugging along. I am actually recording this episode in the parking lot of a comedy club, right? You thought Mick Thomas was all glamour and, and, and glitz. Nope. Here I am. Here I am in a comedy club. Maguire's of Bohemia Long Island. I am recording this. Crazy, right? Technology. Yeah, I'm looking at a dumpster right now. That's how show business I am. That's how show business I am. That's how top of the comedy food chain Mick Thomas is. Uh, how's all your holidays going so far, right? We're getting close. Getting close to the deadline. Oh, Santa Claus is coming. Or if you're Jewish, he's not. <laughs> I tell you what, man, this fucking shopping is still getting to me. You know what I went today? I went to um, ShopRite, which is a supermarket on Long Island. And the one by my house, the one by my house is uh, a, f- it's, it's a fucking nightmare. And here's why, right? Here's why. Oh, by the way, I'm by an airport, so you may hear planes fly over too, right? So if you hear any planes, I apologize. But anyway, here's why it's a nightmare, right? Here in, in, on Long Island now, Suffolk County uh, specifically, what they do is that you, you have to buy your plastic bags now, which is fine. I know some places have got rid of it. I know Connecticut got rid of them. Uh, and I know back home in Ireland have got rid of plastic bags too, right? But I think you still have the option to buy them. So at the shop, right, it's, it's fucking five cents a bag, right? Now, I always do the self-checkout, right? If you know anything about Mick Thomas, he doesn't like talking to people. So I, I just go straight to the self-checkout. But now here's what happened, right? Here's what fucking annoys me. Here's what fucking annoys me. Is I go in every Sunday morning, I go in for my, to buy all the food, which I prepare for the week, to meal prep, right? Meal prep means you prepare your food for the week, whatnot. So I go in and... They, they don't put plastic bags up, right? They don't put them up. So it's not like you, you, you scan your stuff, you put it in a bag, and then it asks you, well, how many bags did you, did you use? And you go two, three, one, none, right? They go kind of by the honor system. But this one fucking dump of a shop, right? I, I got to look at all my stuff, and I got to ask for a bag, right? I got I to gotta fucking go, excuse me, can I get a bag? Like, I got to beg for a plastic bag. Right? I'm sorry I'm coming out hot, guys, but this is really pissing me off, right? So I got to come out hot now, right? Because I'm just fucking... And Jen, she goes, how many bags do you need? Like, now I got to look at my stuff again. And now I got to eyeball it. And I, now I got to figure out, like, all right, well, if I buy three, I could have one too much. And if I don't, if I don't buy enough, the arse is going to fall out of it. So now I, now I got what? I got to fucking make... I got to make the decision now. Put the bags where they belong, assholes. And let me just fucking scan my stuff, drop it in the bag. The bag gets full. Trust me, I, I won't rob your bags. Like, who? what happened? What happened to you, ShopRite, that you feel you've learned your lesson now? Where they go, all right, from now on, no more bags. Like, does somebody come in and take all the bags? Fuck's sake. Anyway, guys, I'm sorry to come out, out hot like that. Um... If you have any messages or emails you want to send to me, right, you can always send them to, to uh, Mick Thomas Comedy on my Instagram. Send me a message there, and uh, 
I will. That's where I'd get all my stuff from here, and and, and I'll chat away to you. So I do want to go over one I got today. Uh, not today. I got it a few weeks ago, but I didn't get a chance to respond. Now, normally, I told you guys I, I'll respond on the podcast uh, if I get them. But normally, like, I'll write back to you if it's something short. Like, it's a quick question. You know what I mean? Like, someone might ask a quick question. Hey, Mick, you know, how long have you lived in America? You've never said that before. Right? And I'll go, I don't know, I, 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 I guess 15 years. Right? So I'll just write back to that person. It's something I don't need to address on a podcast because I don't want to become that whole, going through a whole list of questions and answers. But I will. And sometimes people just write and they'll put a comment, something very nice. Show's fun. I like listening to it. Um... You know, sometimes people will write with broken English because they're from another country where, where English is their second language. And what am I going to do? Make fun of them? Go, ah, you can't even fucking write properly. Right? How many languages do I speak? What, am I going to give them a hard time because they don't fucking, they don't write it correctly, but I know what you're saying. So sometimes I don't, like, you don't really hear me read out a lot of letters on here and stuff because I do answer a lot of them personally because I don't really want to pour them onto the podcast. But I did get one about two weeks ago maybe three weeks ago, and I asked this gentleman if I could um, read the email on the podcast, because it kind of was a little, it was a little nice, but I got a little, uh, I got a little kind of worried about this guy, right, and uh, his name, let me read the email first, right, he he lives in Sweden, okay, which I'm assuming he's from Sweden, I hope, but, uh, so we had a little conversation first, I tried to answer as much as I could through uh, communicating through messages, so what I wanted to do was, I asked him, I said, hey man, do you want me to answer this, because it's a bit wordy, right, and I don't, I don't really have time to sit down and type every single thing, right, I don't have time to answer everything, if, especially if it's a long one, sorry, just drinking my water, so I said, like, hey, man, because it's a bit personal. Uh, do you want me to review this on the podcast or do you want me to type it here? And he gave me his, permi- gave me his permission to... Um, he gave me his permission to read it on the podcast. So it's a bit, you know, it's something I don't want to take lightly. So, uh, and you will forgive me. I, I, You know Mick Thomas here, he can't read out loud. He can, but he sounds like a stuttering fucking idiot. So please bear with me. And another thing, I'm going to do a lot of pausing because... Uh, he's very generous, he's very generous with his compliments, and, uh, and I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable around comments, compliments, sorry, right, a lot of comedians are, believe it or not, a lot of good comedians are very uncomfortable when someone gives them a compliment, they don't, but whatever, we, we'll, we'll go into that, so if you hear me pause, uh, I kind of feel like I should read everything, because I don't want to sound disingenuous, I don't want to sound like I'm editing it, but I, I think I'm going to leave out the nice things he said about me because I don't want it to come across like, hey, look at me, aren't I great? I've gotten fan mail. So I don't, so if you hear me stop, that means he's giving me a compliment about something that I just don't, as much as I appreciate it uh, and I'm flattered and very uncomfortable accepting that type of praise. So if you hear me skip over it, um, and I'm, I apologize to this gentleman for not reading it out. Um, all right, so here he goes. Hello, Mick. Right, already from Sweden, nailed it, nailed the nailed the first sentence. <laughs> Hello, Mick. How do you get into comedy? I am a young comedian, and I want to get into doing shows and upping my joke game. Again, guys, let me pause right there. If I, he's his English is perfect. 
he's worded all this perfect. So it's if it sounds like he's got really bad broken English, I can't fucking read. Right? So that's... Let me get that out there. Let me get this straight. Hello, Mick. How do you get into comedy? I'm a young comedian and I want to get into doing shows and upping my joke game. I am at an all-time low in life and it's only getting worse. But there is nothing bad in my life. My life is perfect. I'm diagnosed with critical with clinical depression. My grades are great. But I can't, uh, but I just can't do it. So I want to learn from, gives me a compliment there. I'm going to, thank you. Uh, How do you do a show? Do you tell a story? Improvise or some else? How do I structure a joke? What's the big secret? Anything helps. Even thing unrelated, like how you talk to a crowd or how to treat uh, a bar owner. I hope you're having a great weekend, mate. I like to put that back. Uh, P.S. I've listened to the entire podcast library and it's great. Uh, P.P.S. I I live in Sweden. And then he wrote off his name. I don't want to give it his Instagram name. But he signed off with, uh, I'm going to go to the end of the conversation, Oscar. O- Oscar. I hope it's not just Oscar. I'm, I think maybe it's pronounced uh, Oscar. Um, all right, man. First of all, let me just go. Thanks again for writing to me, uh, Oscar. I really appreciate that. That that really does mean a lot. And you're, you're very compliment, complimentary in this. And I, I did leave a lot of it out. Um, so forgive me if you're kind of insulted that I left out your compliments, but I do, I really do appreciate them. Um, so the first thing I want to really, really address it before I get into comedy is the fact that you were diagnosed with clinical depression, okay? Um, for those of you who don't know what clinical depression is, right? And I do have a lot of experience with this uh, as, I don't want to use a, a victim, but I deal with the, uh, heavy depression myself. Um, I don't talk about it. I don't, I don't take anything for it. Um, it. It is tough. So the fact that you are clinically and you're diagnosed, which means you did seek help. So congratulations on doing that. You are a braver man than I. And anything to do with depression, man, please make sure you continue to get help and don't take advice from someone like me to do with depression, okay? So that's the first thing I need to say up front. I am not any expert whatsoever. I have no training. I've read a bunch of books on it. So basically all I would be doing is regurgitating other people's advice, and I'm not, I can't give you any advice on depression. But what I will say is congratulations if you went and you got help for that, and I hope you have, you surrounded yourself with, with loving people um, people you can turn to, right? And, uh, you know, and people who can support you. And, and I, I like the fact that you've acknowledged that your life is perfect, meaning, meaning that your, your, uh, depression isn't, it's not, um, situational, right? Like my dog died a few weeks. I didn't, you know, I don't, that's a, a reason to go aspire into depression. I'm sad my dog died or whatever. That's, that's considered, for those of you who don't understand depression, that's considered situational depression. Clinical means it's all, it's a chemical imbalance uh, within yourself, it's your body, right? So your levels are all off. Um, so, but I, I do commend you on receiving help for that, buddy, and just keep, uh, don't let that go, right? Don't, don't lose that. So the fact that you're doing that is, speaks volumes of your maturity. Um, so good for you. 
Um, so let's just bypass that. Let's go into the comedy aspect of it. So uh, the reason why I wanted to do this email too, because read this response too, because number one, um, I do want to respond to everybody. I really do. If you, if there's anybody listener listening out there who has sent me a message, uh, if I haven't addressed it on the podcast, you know, I've, I've sent you back, uh, either a thank you or, Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't like that or whatever it is. Cause I, I, I genuinely do want to, uh, try give everybody the feedback. So this is also for anybody else out there who is wondering about comedy. Maybe you want to get into it yourself. Maybe something you've always wanted to try. Um, or maybe you're just generally curious, how, how, how did I get into it? So let's talk about it. So you said, I'm a young comedian. And I want to get into doing shows and upping my joke game. So you're a young comedian, right? So right now you're a young comedian. What I mean by young comedian, my definition of that, guys, it's not, um, it wouldn't be your age, I'm 17, I'm a young comedian. To me is you could be 50 years old and be a young comedian. To me, a young comedian is, and a lot of comics feel the same way, is how long you're doing comedy, right? Um, so what I would suggest is where you are right now, man, is, is here's what I would say, first of all, is just have a blast. Enjoy yourself right now. You are at the most enjoyable part. Because com- you, you go, you're going right now from enjoyment, right? So you want to turn, you're having fun, right? And it's exciting. And you want to eventually get to a level where it's rewarding. It could also, it might be rewarding for you now. That's great if it is. But you might want to get to the stage where it's rewarding. And that's where it is for me now. But I remember when I started comedy, right? There's different ways to start comedy. So... Um, Oscar hasn't really given me much of a description of where he does it or how he does it. But when I started a comedy, I always wanted to do comedy, but there was no real place to do it in Ireland, uh, where I lived in Wexford. You know, there's no clubs, there's no open mics, no coffee shops were doing it, no bars were doing it, no, no nightclubs were doing comedy. So I had literally no place to do comedy, but I studied it, right? I studied Billy Connolly. For years and years and years and years, since I was a child, was Billy Connolly. Uh, then from there, I was given a tape of Eddie Murphy's Delirious, and that fucking blew my mind, right? Eddie Murphy was the first real American comedian. And then I went from there to Robin Williams, and you know, and then I became, I became hooked on stand-up, and, 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 and I watched it, and, and you know, I just became a student of, of stand-up, right? And I think that's what, that's what we do. We, uh, that's what comedians do. They'll look at it. Like there's so many fans of comedy that come out to, to shows and they laugh their ass off. But then there's so many guys out there that do it a little bit different and they want to look at the mechanism, the mechanics of what's working. Okay. So, um, but where you are right now, you, so I started comedy when I came to America, right? When I moved to New York, of course, it's the mecca of stand up comedy. I don't care what anyone says. LA has got some amazing comedians out there. Just fucking murderers. Murderers out in LA, right? Tim Dillon moved out there. He's a New York-based guy. Uh, you know, Joe Rogan's out there. Dave Chappelle's out there. Um, I could say it all day. I really could. And just name fucking, like, murderers living out there. Um, but you want to, like, stand up. The mecca is New York, right? New York. So that's where I started at comedy. Now, I, I, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any friends to hang out with. I didn't know anything about open mic scene. I knew nothing about that. So how I started to stand up was I took a comedy class, right? Now, if there's a comedy class in your area and you see that, I think it's worth, it's worth taking a look at, right? I know uh, Anthony Jeselnik. If you, if you don't know who he is, look him up. 
Very offensive comic, but fuck me, is he a brilliant joke writer. Just an amazing joke writer. He took a class too. When you take a class, right, you come away with eight minutes. So you have eight minutes that are already polished. Right, so now you're out the gate and you've got eight minutes that you know should work. So you can kind of get booked on places. And then you want to turn to eight minutes to 10, 10 minutes to 15, 15 to 20. When you're 20, you can MC. You might MC then for a, for a few years. Then after MC, and then you might, then you want to move up to feature, feature to headliner. And it takes a whole, it's a whole process. So right now where you are, if you're a young comedian, it's the fucking best time. Because there's a camaraderie with all your friends. Like my friends started doing open mics, right? And they bombed and they bombed, which I always think that like if I didn't take the safety net of a comedy class and I went up to an open mic and bombed, I may have, I may, I probably would have quit. I probably wouldn't have done it. Like, all right, I got it out of my system. I'm not good at it. So the class kind of helped me an awful lot. The comedy class helped me an awful lot. Um, so like I said, it prepared me for uh, a real set. So I was quite, uh, quite happy with that. With taking the class, it was it was a good idea, and a lot of times you'll find the comedy classes. Usually, not every case. It's usually taken by uh, a really a really established comedian who knows the biz, the industry, the business. And it's very hard to find a good one, right? If you live on Long Island, you're listening to this. John Trusen teaches an amazing one at Governors. So if you ever call up, right, ask for the class with John Trusen, because the guy has been around comedy for years and years. Uh, he's he's just know he knows the mechanics of comedy better than uh, almost anybody I know. Um, so that's a plug for for governors of Long Island if you want to take. Remember John Trusen's class. Um, but yeah, so I took a class, and then what happened is I had this eight minutes, and and I I, I stayed out with there was like fifteen of us in the class, and then that months go by, and you're working on it, you're doing these fucking hell gigs, bar shows, right, which are the worst, where you you turn up to do a show, all these drunks are sitting there watching a hockey game and then all of a sudden the barman just leans up, turns off the TV and they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, we're going to have some comedy now. And you got all these young comics going up there with fucking, hey, yeah, did you ever fart and fucking shit come out instead? Or whatever, whatever the jokes are. So, you know, but that's the most fun part of it, okay? Now, the reason why I say it's you, you want to turn that fun into rewardment is rewardment a word. You can send me a comment and go make you a dumb piece of shit. I don't know if rewardment is a word. Rewarding, it's rewarding, right? Because what happens is uh, now where you where I'm at is like you go out, you try something, it's fuck, it bombs, right? And you go like, I like that it bombed. This is me personally. Good, that joke bombed. Good, it got nothing. It went flat as a fucking flat as the ocean, right? As the horizon, I should have said flat. So now what I can do is I go, I'll go back, I listen to that set, and I'll go, why was that? Why, what went wrong with that joke? Because it is funny. I don't care what anyone says. In my head, it's funny. I have to convince them why it's funny. Right? That's my job. So then I go back and I, I'll try it again. To, like tonight, I'm waiting to go on and two of the jokes went flat last night. I reworded them and I'll go try it again. And I love that process. That's where it becomes rewarding because you're a professional now. Right? You're a professional. You know how to, you know how to get into the trenches. You know how to... Uh, you know how to, um, you know, reword jokes and get. And sometimes you just gotta let them go. That they're not, they're not ready to fly. Right? That's one of my jokes. Died last night on stage. I was like, you know what? I wasn't ready. Did you ever see a mama bird just uh, kick her babies out of the nest and they all fall? Right? You kick five of them out, maybe three survive. The other two, what happens? They land in a big pile of leaves. They're fine. They're gonna be okay. 
The mother comes down, gives them some more worms, strengthens up the wings a bit. They're not ready right now, but in a week's time, maybe they'll be ready to fly. Right? That's what it's like. You got. Don't be afraid to try and just write your arse off. Write, 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 write. Never stop writing. Write because right now where you are, Oscar, right where you are right now is your head is full of shit jokes. They might be funny. Don't get me wrong, but they're shit jokes to where you're going to be in five years. You're going to look back on the five years. What the fuck was I thinking about? What was I fucking on? Right. So the more you write, the more you write that shit into your head. It's like cleaning out of the basement. Right, if you have a basement that's full of shit, old coats, stacks of newspapers, records you'll never listen again. What do you want to put down there? You want to put a couch, a bar, a TV. But you got to get rid of all that shit out of that fucking basement before you put that quality stuff in there. And that's going to be the same for your brain. Write that shit out. Write that fucking dumb hacky joke that's so dumb that the audience sees it coming a mile away. Or they might even go, ugh, it's funny, but ugh. Write that shit out, stock it up. All that's going to be left in is quality. That's kind of one advice. Just get up there, keep having fun, and try be friends with absolutely everybody, especially the bookers. So when you say a bar show, um, I would be friends with everybody. That's be professional, turn up on time. It's huge. Even if the booker is an asshole, turn up on time at least a half an hour before every show. That way, the person who booked you can relax. He's not building up this anxiety in his head. He's not going like, oh, where the fuck is McThomas? Where's McThomas? Who's on the show tonight? McThomas. Why isn't he here yet? The show starts in five minutes. And I come walking in a minute before the show starts. Already he doesn't like me. Now I got to win him back over. Get there a half an hour before every show. Unless you, you know the club really, really well. And they go, all right, that's, that, that's Mick. He's going to turn up two minutes for every show. He's good for it. But until then, turn up. Go there half an hour. Be nice to everybody. Be nice to the wait staff. I don't know if there's wait staff of the clubs you're working in. Be nice to them. They're, they're, they matter the most, believe it or not. The wait staff eventually end up fucking running the club. The wait staff, the amount of people who are wait staff in this business, in America at least, that you talk to, them like, holy shit. Sam Kinison was a doorman. Judd Apatow was a waiter at Governor's Comedy Club. And I could sit here all day and do, like, Richie Manavini, like, all these guys were doormen, waiters, Right? I mean, there's some Long Island. They're all from Long Island, those guys. Well, not, not uh, Sam Kinison. He's from the South. But uh, be nice to everybody, right? Be everybody's friend. Don't talk shit about people behind their back. Fuck it. Let them. And don't worry about anybody else's act. Do not worry about anybody else's act. It's your act, mate. You write it yourself. Don't sit up there and watch another guy and go, fuck, he's killing. I can't do that. Don't be afraid to follow anybody. Use that to strengthen yourself up. Don't be afraid. Don't back down. I followed, in my, I followed Chris Rock, I followed Bill Burr, Louis C.K. I've had to follow these monsters. Leslie Jones, right? Fucking these are people who just go up on stage and they just murder and they dropped in so the audience weren't even expecting them. So they got this huge surprise. Right? And then you also, so that's what I will say to you in advice for how you, how you behave and conduct yourself. Be on time, be courteous. Be nice to everybody, man. I'm telling you, it will go such a long way. It will go such a long way. And don't surround yourself with negative people. If you hear people talking shit, step away from them. You don't want to get caught in that. You don't want to be part of that conversation. That negativity will bring you down. And stop watching your peers. You know what I mean? Like, especially Europe. I know it is in Ireland. I can't speak for Sweden. But, like, 
there's a lot of like disheartened like you're disheartened when someone succeeds ahead of you or passes you by don't worry about that focus on yourself just write be nice and get up on stage as much as you can man get up on stage as much as you can that's what I can say to you for that end of it and then you ask me about you know do, am I, I your stand up how do you do a show you wrote there do you tell a story impro- improvise or some something else how do we structure a joke here's the thing you got to i i'm a storyteller right i i i try there's people there's two comics that come to mind that not that i we have the same stuff well adam me and adam ferrara are storytellers kind of very similar but adam ferrara and jim gaffigan are the type of guys that find a topic and milk it milk every prem so if jim gaffigan does a bid on trucks and i go well i'm going to do my bid on trucks too Chances are he would have milked every possible punchline from that. So I'm a storyteller. So you, you that's my structure. I my my structure is I go up on stage and I record every ep, every set I do. I record it, and the next day I listen to it. I don't listen to it that night. Some people do listen to it that night. I listen to it the very next day. Why do I listen to the next day? Because if I killed, if I fucking killed tonight, if I drive home and listen to that set. I listen to it with arrogance. I listen to it with confidence. Like, ah, man, I'm fucking great. I won't look for the flaws in the jokes. And if I bomb and drive home, I listen to it through depression. Like, ah, fuck me, I suck. This is terrible. I want to listen to this shit now. Right? Listen to it tomorrow as a businessman, as a comedian. Listen to it on a clear, clear head. Like, it's not even, it's not even your set. And analyze it. Break it down. Did I use too many words? Did I go, um... So today I drove my blue car you know, to the show. Do I need to let them know it was a blue car? Right? You got to find the unnecessary words in your story and get fucking rid of them. Or you could be a one-liner. Kevin Downey Jr., who I'm working with tonight, he's in the room next to me. He does one-liners. Very hard to do. Very, it's a different style, man. I I envy those guys. I think they're more talented than I am. My opinion. Mitch Heberg, one-liner. Fucking insane. Gary Veter. Check these guys out. They're great at one-liners if that's who you are. But if you're old-fashioned... And I think because you're from Europe, I'm assuming, Oscar, that you, you're going to be a storyteller. That's usually what it is, right? You go to Europe, all, most of the comics are those guys who st- tell stories. And you know what I mean? And, and they're very funny, man. Like Mickey Bartlett is a guy from Belfast. Check out Mickey Bartlett. Um, phenomenal storyteller. Great joke writer. But you got to find your own style. Don't worry about... like Find out who you gravitate to, what makes you more comfortable, what you like to write. Be yourself, man. Be, be original, right? And how do you be original? You by just being yourself, right? I'm not saying you got to create this whole new style of comedy. Just be you. Once you go out there and be yourself, nobody can touch that. Nobody can take that from you. That's you. So I hope I gave you... Let me see. Uh, what's the big secret? Yeah, man, I fucking wish. <laughs> what do I wish? Do I talk to the crowd? I try to stay away from the crowd. That can backfire on you. You can ask a hypothetical. Hey, guys, did you ever see this movie? Yet? Whatever. That could backfire on you. Someone could yell something. Right? Now what happens is they yell. You can't throw them out. You can't, you can't go, hey, shut the fuck up. Why? Because you asked them a question. Right? There's not, nothing you can do about it. You ask him a question. You can't, he can't go back to, if, if a security guard walks up and goes, sorry, you need to stop talking. Why? He asked me a fucking question. Right? So I don't talk to the crowd really, really, unless they're having a great time. It's, I'm doing a long set. Uh, the crowd just, if it's a 
private benefit where they all know each other. You might want to dip into the crowd a little bit because they all know each other. And a little joke against one person is funnier for the whole room. Blah, 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 blah. But I stay away from the crowd on a regular show normally. Just focus on your act. Focus on your... Because if you focus on crowd work, yeah, it's a nice little tool to have. But you're not, that's not going to build material. Because your crowd work you just did tonight is not going to work two nights down the line. So, Oscar, I hope I answered all your questions, man. And I really appreciate you reaching out. And I'm very proud of you for getting the help with your depression. And I hope you continue to get help with that. Um, if I didn't cover anything, please uh, write back to me, Oscar. If I fucked up your name, right? If I fucked up your name, I want to know. Uh, so, that's it, guys. I guess I'll just leave it at that. Um, I know I didn't go for, uh, you know, didn't I didn't really make this episode as funny as I could. But I just figured I wanted to reach out to Oscar since he wrote a... Uh, a very kind letter. So until then, guys, I will speak to you next week. Thank you so, so much for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. Remember, any emails, send them to me. Send them to me on Instagram, Mick Thomas Comedy, M-I-C-K, Thomas Comedy. Thanks so much, guys. Listen, if I don't speak to you, uh, which I probably won't, but I'll, uh, I'll talk to you next week. And uh, again, guys, thank you so much. Good luck to you. Enjoy your night. Enjoy your night. Good night. It's the Mick Thomas Show. How many times do I have to say fucking have a good night? Idiot.